What are the players we're avoiding like the plague in fantasy football drafts in 2023? We break it down right here and right now as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I write for SportingNews.com, covering NFL and fantasy football. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk. I'm a researcher for NFL Media and fantasy analyst at NFL.com. Yeah, I'm excited for today's show, and I'm starting to uh, get used to having a co-host because I feel like we have like that morning show name like Vinny and Michelle in the morning or afternoon or <laughs> evening or whenever you're listening. So I'm excited about that. Only we're bringing you fantasy football insight to help you dominate your leagues. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We've got a lot more fantasy football insight for you to help dominate your drafts. This is Lockdown Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Lockdown Network, your team every day. And Michelle, we had a positive show yesterday where we were talking about players we're going to be targeting across the board in fantasy football drafts across positions. Well, today, unfortunately, we're looking at the negative side of things. It's actually like I think this might be the more important information, right? Because if you take a guy early in your drafts and he ends up being a huge bust, it could that could significantly hurt you more than, you know, just hitting on a guy in the fifth, sixth round. Yeah, it's uh, definitely going to be a good list. Uh, we have some crossover. I will warn you f- with our names that we are targeting in different ways here. So we'll dive right into it. Michelle, let's uh, reveal your three quarterbacks you're avoiding here in 2023. So I'm going to start with a hot name. And I know people are going to be upset. And it's going to be Joe Burrow. And no, it has nothing to do with the injury. I think he'll end up being okay from that calf strain. But right now he's going as the quarterback four, and I don't expect that to drop too much with the injury unless he's not going to be ready for the season. But that's the third, fourth round pick you have to make there for him. He was the QB four in points last season, but there was a really big drop off between Hertz, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and then Joe Burrow. It was about three points per game difference. So he wasn't quite up to their level. He scored fewer than 20 fantasy points in eight games. I mean, that's half of the season and over 25 points, just four times. That was the same amount as Jared Goff. And when you're looking at the Mahomes and the Hertz and the Allens, they had seven, eight such games. I just don't think he's safe enough on a week to week basis to be spending a third or fourth round pick on him. There's too many good running backs, wide receivers you can take there. And then I, I know I'm going against what you said yesterday. Trevor Lawrence is my second quarterback. I'm avoiding. It's not that I don't think he can be good. Like I I think there is a world where he truly breaks out and is really good next year. It's just, he's going still a little bit too high for me. Quarterback eight, 56 overall. He was a quarterback 12 last year. Just not sure the ceiling is there. There's other quarter. Like I'd rather uh, just take Justin Herbert around earlier than having to spend that pick on Trevor Lawrence. 
And then Deshaun Watson. I know I have a Bengals and Browns quarterback on my list, and you just learned I'm a Steelers fan yesterday. I promise I'm not biased against these teams. It's just how it came out to be with these quarterback rankings. Listen, we know Watson can be great, right? We've seen it. He can be a great fantasy quarterback. 2018 to 2020, he was averaging like 22 points per game, one of the best fantasy quarterbacks you can have. And he has a lot of good weapons. My worry is what if it doesn't get better than last year? It should, but like how much better is it going to get? Is he a cold weather quarterback? That could be the biggest issue. So maybe he starts off hot in nice weather games and then it gets to December in Cleveland, really November in Cleveland, and it, it goes downhill. So I'm just avoiding him as well this season. I just don't want that headache. Yeah, that's a good call on Deshaun Watson. Keep in mind, he didn't look all that sharp last year. I know he's had a full offseason now with the Browns and maybe getting better used to that offense. But still, I just don't think he was into it as much. Like, I feel with the Texans, he was just very focused game after game where I didn't see a lot of that with Deshaun Watson. Maybe he just got paid and he was happy to be there. I'm not sure. And uh, Joe Burrow, yeah, the injury it just concerns me a little bit. There And Trevor Lawrence, look, I think he's going to be one of those – high-risk, high-reward players. He's going to be volatile on the board that you have to look at the numbers and see, yeah, there is the upside, and I'm going with the upside, but there is a downside that Michelle has brought up. So there's something to watch there. I mean, some of these quarterbacks are going to be disappointing. They're just going to. There's just too many people up there that you look at. Now, I have to come back and uh, go after one of Michelle's picks from yesterday as well. This is not just uh, payback for Trevor Lawrence, but Dak Prescott. And here's why I don't like Dak Prescott. And it's part of the reason Michelle likes Justin Herbert quite a bit, because he lost Kellen Moore as his offense coordinator. I don't like Ryan Schottenheimer and Mike McCarthy together. I don't like this combination. That means what are you going to get? I mean, remember Russell Wilson complained about this style of offense for a long time. So this does help Michelle's pick at running back, Tony Pollard, because they're going to, really run the ball quite a bit and go there. But I just don't like the way Dak played at the end of last year. I'm not sure what you're going to get still out of Brandon Cooks. I love CeeDee Lamb, and I do think Michael Gallup can rebound, but he lost a key target. I know they've got Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot, but Dom Schultz, another player Michelle likes in another uniform this year. So that's the one guy I'm concerned about putting up the numbers looking for and also not running as much as I would like with Dak. Now, Tua Tagvola, this is just a personal preference. I think he's a fine young quarterback. I think he's got great weapons, obviously, with uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I'm just worried about the injury. I just think any kind of injury. It's not just head injuries. Just uh, the durability of Tua has just been in question for quite a while now, going back to his second and third years at Alabama. So I'm just a little bit worried that I'm not going to get the return and I'm not going to get – enough games out of him. If I'm taking Tua, if I'm forced to do it, I have to take a good backup. That's going to be valuable. One of the sleepers maybe we talked about yesterday, Jordan Love or Sam Howell. And then finally, I'm going to put Aaron Rodgers on this list. I just don't think I need to invest in Aaron Rodgers. Like his numbers were really not good last year overall. I know it's a different team back in the offense he's familiar with with Nathaniel Hackett, but I'm looking around. I mean, this team is going to be a very good defensive team. They might need to throw a lot in some of these games when they can dominate defensively and they're really shut down teams. They could end up running very effectively and they're kicking the tires on Dalvin Cook, right? What if they have a two-headed monster, a Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook? Then you're looking at Aaron Rodgers in that first year with the Matt LaFleur where the touchdowns didn't come. 
and there were limitations there. So there's some hype. I think Aaron Rodgers will be better than last year, but keep in mind he's buried as a QB too. So those are my picks, Michelle. What do you think of those? And, uh, you know, you weren't happy about the Dak pick. Yeah, the Dak Prescott one is hard, right? Because he did lose Kellen Moore. So I understand that, and we don't know what this offense will look like. But it was a really bad year for him, for Dak, last year. And he was still the quarterback 12 in points per game. I don't think it's going to be that brutal overall because they ran so much. 531 rushing attempts last year. Absurd amount, especially for the Cowboys. They just don't have that personnel this year. It's Tony Pollard and who else? Like, he can't run the ball all like that much. He's not even really that kind of workhorse back. And they scored 22 rushing touchdowns. I do think kind of some of this goes to Dak Prescott. So that's why I really like him for his value to uh, it's really just comes down to the injury risk. And I, I just don't know if like, you can't just depend on him to be your only quarterback because yeah. one concussion, you could be out for the year. So I'm with you there. And then Aaron Rodgers, Yeah. Like it's exciting. He gets Garrett Wilson and some better weapons, but the Jets defense should be really good again. And when he was an MVP just two years ago, he was still just the quarterback six overall. So you're taking him hoping for upside, but it's not even like we've, it, he was the quarterback one or anything like that kind of upside. So I agree with two of yours, but not, not, uh, not Dak. Yeah. We'll agree to disagree on uh, Dak and Trevor Lawrence. We'll see. We'll track that maybe all season long to see how we end up on uh, those sides of those coins. So we'll, Break down the running backs, however, to avoid for you in our next segment. Uh, before we do that, uh, I've got an exciting announcement here. We've uh, teamed up with our partners at eBay Motors here at Locked On Fantasy Football to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week. That's right. We're going to give you the players that are guaranteed perfect fits for your lineup and Really, it's a lot of fun to uh, debate to these, but here are some definitive picks. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who we picked here for this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Looking to park an elite running back in your fantasy football garage after the top half dozen options of the positions have been taken off the lot, you can still find a sleek ride in Tony Pollard that was Michelle's oh, draft yeah. choice yesterday. Now the unquestioned feature back in the Cowboys offense after his breakout 2022 season. Without Ezekiel Elliott, Pollard's speed and acceleration will allow him to dominate key touches in a strong rushing attack. Locked on Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy football championship with me and Michelle. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and more than 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternator, shock struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go for it, switch gears, crank up the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because... Now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay, guaranteed fit everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the price at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right, it is uh, time to uh, continue the show here on Locked on Fantasy Football. And, Michelle, we're up to the running backs. 
we're avoiding in drafts. And we'll just let you go for it here because uh, I know you have some interesting picks. Yeah, so I'm going to start off with Austin Eckler here from the Chargers. It kind of goes with my Justin Herbert take yesterday. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks to target. This is the thing. Austin Eckler is a, a great fantasy asset, right? But he's going as a top five pick and over the last, it, deservingly so, because he was a running back one in 2022, running back two in 2021. Listen, he's great, but he scored 38 scrimmage touchdowns over the last two years. He's had 18 last year, 20 the year before that. It's going to be really, really, really hard to repeat. And I know we probably said that last offseason, but there's only been two running backs in NFL history that have had 16 plus touchdowns in three straight seasons. So if he were to do it, he's going to join a pretty small list. So, and I do, like I, like I said yesterday, I expect a touchdown luck to go over to Justin Herbert instead of, uh, you know, Austin Eckler stealing them all here with the uh, new offense coordinator, Kellen Moore. And also Eckler has never had more than 206 carries in a season. And I expect Herbert not to be dumping off the ball one gazillion times to Eckler this season. He had 127 targets last year. That was up from 94 in 2021. I, he's still going to be targeted a good amount, just not 124 times. So I think he's going to be good, just not top five worthy good. And then Brees Hall running back for the Jets. He's being drafted right now as a late second, early third round pick. Possibly that goes down with him being put on the pup list from the, the severe knee injury last year. But the team clearly wants to bring in another running back. It looks like Dalvin Cook is all but signed there. We'll, we'll see if they actually mm -hmm. get it done. But it's just, it was already really risky taking him because we've seen a lot of running backs start slow after these knee injuries in the next season. And now if they're bringing in Dalvin Cook, they can really take their time to bring him along. He's very talented, but I'm going to stay away. J.K. Dobbins is kind of in a similar situation where we just haven't seen him healthy for a long time. He's being drafted as a running back 20, and he's on a team, which I know they change offense coordinators, and maybe they'll pass more and all that, but on a team that doesn't utilize the running backs in the passing game. And you can say that was the offense coordinator's fault with Greg Roman, but it's most likely due to Lamar Jackson's mobility and mobile quarterbacks just don't pass the running backs as often because they don't need to dump it down when in trouble. They just, they just rush. And then we also can't forget Gus Edwards is still there and he's a good running back. So I think JK Dobbins is going to be way too much touchdown or bust. And it's just not worth that high of a pick for me in that situation. And then last, DeAndre Swift, running back for the Eagles. This goes with my Rashad Penny pick yesterday. My preference in this backfield is to take a shot on Rashad Penny. And so far, all the reports coming out of camp, it seems like Rashad Penny is really going to be the guy they rely on on those first, on those first, you know, first down and second down to be their like main running back and then near the goal line. While Swift is going to be more of the receiving back. But again, Jalen Hurts is their mobile. They don't necessarily need a receiving back. All the targets go to Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. So I'm going to take the shot on Penny instead of Swift. Yeah, and yeah, that makes sense. If you went with Penny, you got to go to Swift as the guy you don't like. And Brees Hall, yeah, I'm very concerned about these Dalvin Cook rumors because, again, it indicates that Brees Hall is not as healthy as they've been trying to sell us all offseason long. I yeah. mean, he was off to the races there, so that's a concern. J.K. Dobbins, I don't know what he's standing on here trying to um, 
mess with the contract with the Ravens. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't stayed on the field. He hasn't been productive. I can understand Josh Jacobs and all these other guys, but when you look at him, there's just nothing to stand on. And I'd rather have Gus Edwards, you're right, later, or even, dare I say, Melvin Gordon, <laughs> looking pretty good here. That's not good if Gordon comes in and looks pretty good. So you look at uh, Austin Eckler. Look, I have a guy like that in Derrick Henry. I just feel like the drop-off is coming, the elite running back. He already had the drop-off, right, a couple years ago when he had a foot injury and you didn't see him produce here. So it's really tough to say that, look, he's going to duplicate and stay healthy and get those touches and be okay with the high volume for another season. It's going to come off at some point, right? And I think I'm a little bit worried, Derek Henry, very close to turning 30. Now, Kenneth Walker, I don't like because I'm hearing about the committee with Zach Charbonnet and they used a second round pick on him. I just don't trust Kenneth Walker. I also look at the Seahawks maybe opening up the passing game a little bit more with Jackson Smith and the Jigba. There were DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett. So something to look at there. I just don't like Walker potentially having to share touches here. Rashad White, I get it. He's the lead back with the Buccaneers, but do I really want to invest in the Buccaneers? I don't think so. This was not a very good running team at all last year. I get it. They're, are they going to be better with Baker Mayfield in there? I don't see it happening. So I don't want any part of the Buccaneers, I think. I'm gonna. That's a team, I think, in general. I'm going to avoid as much as possible without the GOAT. And Alvin Kamara, we don't know about the suspension. They do have Jamal Williams. They do have Kendra Miller. I just don't want to get in that mess of trying to figure out when Alvin Kamara is going to be available when he's not. It could go downhill for him anyway with the volume. So just not in that business this year. Yeah, your Derrick Henry one I can't get on board with because I did almost have him as my player I'm targeting next year. He is just so consistent, right? And you know he's going to be the focal point of the Titans offense. I know they did add Hopkins in, but – that should only help him instead of instead of him just getting like 400 touches on an offense that can't has no space because they have no wide receivers to scare opposing defenses. At least now there is actually a wide receiver to put some fear in them. So Henry might have more space to work. But he's just so stinking good. He's so stinking good. So I'm still all on the Derrick Henry train this year. Kenneth Walker, I totally, totally get you. Especially, like, he's also dealing with an injury right now as well. So is Zach Charbonnet. I don't know what's going on with that backfield. But that is a backfield I just kind of want to avoid. Rashad White, I'm just so – I'm so in the middle with him. I don't know. He could he could be great with the receptions or really, really bad because he's on the Buccaneers. I, It's one of those where I think the cost is okay. I'm just not, like, extremely high on him. And Alvin Kamara, I'm with you. I like Kendra Miller coming in. Maybe Jamal Williams steals the touchdowns, this, whatever suspension he may or may not get. So I, I agree with three of them, but not Derrick Henry. Don't don't come at my boy Derrick Henry. Well, yeah, I think one of those running backs in general that we look at in the top, right, there's always some of the disappoints. Uh, a couple of years ago it was Christian McCaffrey. Last year we know it was Jonathan Taylor. It's just not going to hold up for all these guys. It could be Nick Chubb. Who knows? One of these guys is going to be bit by the injury bug or something's going to happen where they're going to disappoint. They're not going to live up to that draft position. That's why uh, a lot of times uh, we know at certain parts of the draft, quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends are better values than some of these running backs. So something to look at, but it's hard to predict a running back dropping off. You're right. If they're so excellent the way that Eckler and Henry have been, 
it's almost like uh, you're just kind of giving a hunch, right? That's what basically yeah. what we're doing on both these guys, that things in their situation are not favorable for them to maybe sustain. And that's what we're looking at there with those running backs. So, Michelle, we'll look at wide receivers and tight ends. We'll save those for last uh, here uh, in our three-segment show that we bring to you every day, every weekday. Welcome to Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks again for making us your first listen today. All right, two, one. So, Michelle, let's uh, go ahead and uh, reveal your wide receivers you're avoiding in fantasy football drafts. Yeah, so I'm going to start off right away with the connection with Joe Burrow. So I had Joe Burrow as a, the quarterback I'm avoiding, and I'm going to go with T. Higgins of the Bengals for the wide receiver I'm avoiding. He's going as the wide receiver 13, late round two pick, early round three. He was just the wide receiver 18 in points per game last year, and that was with Jamar Chase missing a handful of games and him having like his best games while he was out. He was averaging just under 13 PPR points per game last season from weeks one through seven before Jamar Chase got injured. You can just get too many other really important players where you have to take T Higgins. You can go with a Tony Pollard or Josh Jacobs or Najee Harris, or go with one of the top quarterbacks or tight ends instead of taking a guy like T Higgins, who just doesn't have that huge upside. And then CeeDee Lamb of the Cowboys. I know I love Dak Prescott, so this might make not make sense. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to be really good for fantasy. I'm just not down with his wide receiver six cost. He has to be taken as a late first-round pick. He was the running back seven in fantasy points per game last year, so he's going even earlier than where he landed. And he had 156 targets, fourth most in the league. And he was the only healthy guy last season for the Cowboys. So I don't see that number staying that high. It should He'll still be the wide receiver one, but I think that number comes down a bit with the addition of Brandon Cooks, with Michael Gallup being a year removed from the ACL tear, with Tony Pollard just being on the field more because he's such a good pass catching back. So I do think his targets come down and he's not going to be worth that wide receiver six cost. And then this third guy, this cost, I don't understand whatsoever. Christian Watson of the Packers going into his second season. He did pretty much nothing for most of the year last year. And then all of a sudden this year, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 23. Explain this to me. I don't get it. So he played 14 games last season. In eight of those games, he scored fewer than 10 PPR points, including five games with fewer than five points. He had an awesome four-game stretch. Don't get me wrong. Weeks 10 through 13, he scored seven receiving touchdowns during that span, which, by the way, was all of his touchdowns from last year. And those were the weeks he was great. But he did nothing else. I'm not saying he can't break out, but there's so many other second-year wide receivers with the same capability of breaking out that you can get later in the draft. And then my fourth guy, Michael Pittman, I think this one's – Probably a lot of people are on board with he's the wide receiver for the Colts going as wide receiver 32. You have a rookie quarterback coming in. That's most likely going to start in Anthony Richardson. It's already hard to be successful with rookie quarterbacks as a wide receiver in fantasy, but with how heavily mobile Richardson is, you expect them to run a lot. There probably won't be a ton of targets to go around. And Alec Pierce showed promise last year as a rookie, so he could still targets as well. Yeah, I mean, the Colts in general are a passing game that I'm not thrilled about. I know they're going to throw downfield a little bit more, but I just don't like the receiving core right now. So that's a good call. Christian Watson, I'm torn on. He's one of my guys that I love in some ways and I hate in other ways. So 
it's really hard, but yeah, he's going to be one of the most unpredictable players in fantasy football drafts. And I get it. Higgins and Lamb may be a little bit too rich there for fantasy drafts and where they're going right now. Now, Keenan Allen is one of those players for me. I just don't believe in Keenan Allen anymore. He's just too big of an injury risk. He's on the wrong side of 30 here. So I think it's going to start to drop off. That's why they invested a first round pick on Quentin Johnston. You've got uh, your sleeper target there that everyone likes in Mike Williams. So really like the depth of this receiving core, and I think it's going to spread the ball around a little bit, and Keen Allen's not going to be the same type of receiver. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, it's maybe just the thing with the Titans offense for the most part. I did have Derrick Henry on the list, and I did like Chico Conquo, however. So they're going to have to throw to someone maybe a tight end. But those name players that we're going after, Henry and Hopkins, I'm not totally feeling it. I just don't feel like you're going to get the value of Hopkins, right? There could be a transition at some point, a quarterback from Ryan Tannehill to Will Levis, and that's going to really hurt in a low-volume passing game. Now, Debo Samuel, what is he doing now? Brandon Ayuk is a pretty good receiver and might be just as good of a receiver, an impactful receiver as him. You got Christian McCaffrey. He's getting all the red zone work, and then you have Elijah Mitchell. So what exactly is Debo doing in this offense, playing off George Kill and Brandon Ayuk? Uh, he has an important role, but – the rushing aspect is gone. The receiving is somewhat comparable to Ayuk. So I don't know if you're getting the value and going after him any earlier than uh, Ayuk at this point. And then Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, Najigba. This is all about that. He's in the mix. Lockett again on that other side of 30. The drop-off is coming. He had the Russell Wilson love for so many years. It wasn't the same exactly with Geno Smith. So I think finally it's coming down here. I mean, this guy's exceeded expectations in fantasy for several seasons, but it's coming now. I mean, again, kind of look at the draft, right? You saw the Chargers use a first-round pick. The Seahawks use a first-round pick. They're trying to understand that that player is ready for a drop-off, and uh, fantasy football managers should be aware of that too. So I'm not necessarily avoiding any of these four guys you said, but I'm also not like dying to get any of them on, on my team. The one that is interesting is Debo Samuel only for the fact he, he agrees that last year was terrible for him. The way he was used like was really bad by Kyle Shanahan, but maybe it's because he was not in shape, but his average depth of target was far too low. Hopefully that goes back to what it was in 2021. And he says he's lost weight. So we'll see, but everyone's in the best shape of their life right now. Right. So yeah. you, you have no hope in DeAndre Hopkins killing it with the Titans. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like he had like a physical drop off last year. I didn't see the same player. I don't know if he's going to be that interested. I think he's just hanging around to play here. The Titans are on a decline here, I would think in this division. So I'm not sure how invested he's going to be. I think he was coming in with the Cardinals and had a big impact, but I don't know if he's going to carry that over one more time, kind of like Deshaun Watson. Like, how vested are they in performing? Are they just out there and saying, okay, our team is going to be mediocre, but I'm going to go out there and uh, <laughs> kind of be competitive but not deliver. So I'm just not sure about DeAndre Hopkins. And also being so late into an offense, that's not going to throw too much. And I think people are just buried Traylon Burks. I think he's still valuable, right? He's a first-round yeah. pick that's young and can make some plays here. So I – I think that's just discounting that Burks and Okonkwo are pretty good players. I'm with you. I'm with you there. All right. So now we can reveal our tight ends. And unfortunately you have somebody on the list that I really love. He's my favorite player, um, George Kittle. So 
I'll, I'll, I will allow it. So this go goes with your Devo Samuel take a bit, right? It has a lot to yeah. just do with how stacked the offense is. And I agree, George Kittle's one of the best tight ends in the league, but he's never worth his fantasy cost. He's going as the tight end four. Yes, will he probably end as a tight end two, three, four? Yeah, maybe. But he's far too inconsistent throughout the fantasy season to take him that high. Seven of his 15 games played last year. He scored seven or fewer PPR points. Seven or fewer PPR points. That's almost half the year. He had fewer than 30 receiving yards in eight games, more than half of the games he played. And another two games that not even counted there with 39 yards and 47 yards. There's too many mouths to feed in this game. And where he's being drafted, you can still grab a very solid running back, wide receiver, or quarterback at that situation. So George Kittle's off my list. Pat Fryermuth of the Steelers. It hurts to say, but I have no interest in, in drafting him whatsoever. He's going as a tight end nine. He was the tight end 11 in fantasy points per game last year. He's had just four games in his career. So over the last two years with 15 plus fantasy points, just one game in his career with 20 plus points. He just doesn't have enough upside. And he was the second guy in targets and receptions last year for the Steelers. He still finishes just the tight end 11. And I don't expect him to get that many targets and receptions this season. So I'm out on him. And then Cole Komet of the Bay. I've never been on in an, on this dude. He seems like a fantasy darling for whatever reason. And a lot of people love him. He's going as a tight end 14. So it's not even like he's super pricey, but he's not a guy I want to take a shot on later in my drafts. He was just a tight end 16 last year points per game. And that was with scoring seven touchdowns. He scored fewer points per game than guys like Gerald Everett and Dawson Knox. He He's good if he gets a touchdown, I guess, but I he had 69 targets in 17 games played last year, and that was with them desperately needing guys to target. I'm 100% out in cold it. Yeah, those are good picks. I, I'm really sad about George Kittle, but I think I like him more as a reality player. I think that's my <laughs> interest in yeah, George yeah, yeah. Kittle a little bit more. Like every time I'm on my fantasy football team, I'm excited. And then he misses games, and I got to put Ross Dwelly in the lineup <laughs> and hope for the best. And I hate that. So, yeah, George, uh, play, just don't go 100 miles an hour all the time and start getting hurt. So, I do agree with you with Cole Komet. Another thing with Robert Tunyon being there. And you just got a big contract, so the Bears love him. But (laughs) fantasy football, I'm not chasing it with Cole Komet. I think he's a name that people like to say, maybe Cole Komet, and they go after him really hard. And that's probably uh, the gist of it there. Now, Dallas Goddard is also a fun name to say, but I also am not that excited, right? Like, he had the one or two big games. He's steady. Then he missed time, right, with an injury late in the season. So you got Devonta Smith. You've got A.J. Brown. Why do they need to throw Dallas Goddard all that much here in this offense? He doesn't score enough touchdowns for me. you got to hope that he gets enough volume behind these two receivers to get there. I just don't want to hope for that and watch the stat line creep towards 7 for 65. I don't want that. I want something (laughs) that can give me a little bit more than that. And I get it. He's solid in the numbers at the end. Say, oh, this guy's pretty good. But I think I can do a little bit better with higher upside of that spot. David Njoku, again, not just the same type of player, right? He's not really a red zone threat as much. I thought he was better actually with Jacoby Brissett in there than Deshaun Watson. So I'm not sure. Like Njoku is just a guy in, I want to call it a tight end dead zone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if uh, that applies because a lot of it is a dead zone <laughs> to begin with, but that's kind of the place where I'm avoiding and I'm going to go after maybe those sleepers we talked about, including Hunter Henry and Michael Mayer. And then I got to uh, 
throw one more disagreement at Michelle. She had Greg Dolchich as a player she's targeting in drafts. Now, I get it. He's kind of like the Cole Komet for me a little bit. Like the athleticism and hype are there, and I get it. He had a viral combine performance, and everyone was on it. But I'm not sure how this new Broncos offense is going to work him in. He didn't kind of endear himself to the coaching staff well early. It's the way he kind of was out there. They have uh, also potentially or what could actually help him is Tim Patrick having yet another injury here. So that could actually really help his uh, availability or does it help Marvin Mims? We're not quite sure there, but when we look at Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, again, Michelle was off Sutton. I'm on Judy. I'm maybe split on Dolchich, but I'm feeling the bad side here a little bit more than the good side. I will say after the Tim Patrick injury yesterday, it went down after we recorded our show yesterday. I do think that opens up more opportunities for everyone in this offense. So that's better for your Jerry Judy pick. That's better for my Greg Dulcich pick. And then also they cut KJ Hamler um, yesterday as well. So they lost two targets there. Um, Dallas Goddard's hard because he's one of those guys who he's like a pretty, he's like a really good fantasy tight end. At least he was last year, right? Like you were happy if you had him, but he's not even close to the same as a Kelsey or Mark Andrews when he's really on, or even George Kittle when he's really on. So yeah, you're paying that high price and you're not really getting that high production consistently. David and Joku. So he's come for me on Twitter before. Uh, he, I said, David and Joku is never going to happen. Like, let's just like, let it go. And he did not like that. Uh, so he said, duly noted. Um, but yeah, he still hasn't done it. So just waiting for him to prove me wrong. Yeah. Uh, th- this is going to be interesting to see. I, it could be David and Joku has it for one year. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he came through for one year. Like, I feel like this guy should have been a lot better, right? A first round pick in reality, like where are the numbers to back this up? Like I've never seen anything that says he should have been a first round pick for the Browns and they keep paying him. I'm a little confused by that as well. So Well, Michelle, uh, that uh, ends the players to avoid. We'll uh, give you a lot more information on sleepers and busts as we go forward with a draft prep. Uh, Any closing thoughts here on uh, the bust and players to avoid? No, but if you get too mad at us, hit us up on X or Twitter. Uh, you can see our handles here. I'm at Ball Blastem, but I, I'll debate with you. Come, I, I'll listen to your side. Yeah, definitely uh, check us out there. Uh, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We'll have more great fantasy football insight for you tomorrow. This has been Vinny. I'm Michelle. And we'll see you next time here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Bye, y'all.